Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Scott. And I'm Andrew. This is a production that is meant to provide you, the listener, meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today, we're going to be answering some questions. This is one of our Q&A podcasts where we are asked questions and we respond to them. And really, we want you to hear your own voice in this one. We want to uh, make sure that we are answering questions that are relevant and valid and that you are asking us. So at the end of this, we're going to ask you to get in touch with us and ask us more questions. But here are some questions that we've come across in the last several weeks, and we, we really feel compelled to answer them. And we encourage you, reach out to us on the website or send an email, whatever that looks like. Leave a comment. If you have our phone number, give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. We're in the book. Well, do they, do use, they, use, <laughs> do they use phone books anymore? I don't anymore? think they do. I'd be surprised if they even publish them anymore, yeah. except for the advertising. Anyway, we have some questions that we, we want to answer, and we want to invite you to ask more. So here we go. The first question for this Q&A is... Is it bad to apply to multiple roles within the same company? The quick answer is no, it's not bad. The question goes on though to say, uh, uh, to ask about applying to, for the same company. Uh, this person specifically has a degree in pharmacy and about to uh, achieve his licensure, but doesn't know if it's really appropriate to continue to go back to the same company with applications. I personally say I think it's a great idea to go back over and over again to a company you're really interested in working with. There is one, I don't know if caveat is the right word, but there's one caveat and that is you've got to know why you want to work there. If it's just because you hear they pay well, that is not going to be a compelling reason for the person interviewing you. Yeah, I just need a job scenario. Yeah, and yeah. they want somebody who really believes in the company walking in the door. So if you have done all your homework, you've, you've researched what this company not only says they're about, but actually what a day in the life looks like, and you can speak their language, that's going to get you further. So the idea is make sure that you have your ducks lined up, you've done your networking, you know your, your stuff about that company, and then tell them why you want to work for them. If you can lead with that, you're probably going to get a little further down the road. The beginning of this says, hey, is it bad to apply multiple t roles within the same company? Yeah. That leads me to believe that that's the only activity that they're judging their success or failure on. And I would not leave it there. I would say, do the networking, get inside the company, use all the avenues available to you if that's absolutely the only place you'd like to work. Sure. We were talking about Rich uh, prior to this session. Yeah, our friend Rich, who, who works for um, an athletic company, who, who worked so hard on getting in. That was the only company he wanted to work for. And he applied for many roles mm -hmm. within the organization. And he spoke to almost 100, 100, people, 100 people before he got his first interview, if I, I yeah. remember correctly. Well, they had a hiring freeze. Yeah. Right? I'm so using your quotes. He, he did informational interviewing 100 times before he got the his first interview when they, they but started. But he was focused. Yeah. Focused. And, and that, that says a lot about your motivation and your ability to get in there and really do something good for them. 
The other caveat that I think wasn't mentioned is I believe the answer to this is company specific. Sure. Every company has a different policy. I know, for example, many of the people that I've helped get into Amazon or AWS, if you go through a, uh, an interview cycle with them and you are not extended an offer, you can't apply again for another six or nine months. Oh, wow. And so I would say that's company specific. Just make sure you know the company. And this is also another reason why we advocate that you do the networking because there is no application, there is no interview until you have a relationship built. Yeah. And then you're at an advantage and the odds go up for you. Well, and I can't speak for Amazon or any other company that has a, such a policy, but I will say that most policies can be fluid if the need is there. Even if they have a policy, I would not stop networking if you have identified one company that you truly want to work for. Make yourself visible. Uh, and don't be a stalker or a pest, but make sure that they keep seeing you. And the best way to do that is in networking, whether that's at an industry association function or anything else that where they aren't going to perceive you as, a, as stalking them, but rather that you are involved in the industry or in the discipline and they, they keep seeing you. It's just like going to the gym every morning. People trust you after they've seen you many times, not just because you show up and have a great conversation with them. It could even be a company-sponsored event. It can be. I see those all the time. Here's the next question. How do I get my foot in the door at a hospital? Well, I hope that's not feet first. Right. <laughs> we hope it's not as a patient. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, stranger things have happened. Yeah. It, 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 there's more than one way to get a job. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so in this case, it sounds like there was a, a lot of confusion about what this person was seeking, who they are. And a lot of times this comes from a position of desperation. And what they said is they're running out of options and they have a lot of debt. And right. they're at a position where, hey, I don't want to do this, even though I've been educated in uh, looks like EKG technology. Uh, but they don't know what to do. And another point that he makes early on, he or she, honestly, I, I don't know, the idea that I have a bachelor's degree in sociology. Well, I actually have a good friend who that's how she started in a hospital was as a counselor and then worked her way into a different position altogether. But the idea that use your background to your, to your advantage, if you really want to get into a specific kind of company and you have an opportunity to do it, if they know that your interest is in this area and you are willing to do what it takes to get there, including taking, in this case, an EKG tech position, what's wrong with that? You're getting in the door, you're getting into the company. And it, if you take the attitude that I'm I don't care if I get into the male room as long as I get in, that speaks well of you. Or the female room. <laughs> anyway. I have no funny retort to that. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing I'm hearing here is sometimes we look at our situation as permanent. And I wouldn't look at any situation like permanent. this as permanent. No, not at the all. The fact that you have debt is a circumstance that can be resolved. Yeah, it may take get, a while. It may take longer depending on the role. 
right? Get a second job, whatever right. it takes. If you have the objective to get rid of that debt, right. you'll find a way to do it. Well, but, but coming into a lower position, if they see that you have the skills and the positive attitude, they will continue to leverage your skills. Really, in that situation, personally, I think it's all about the attitude that you bring. Because that's something I can't train you on. Yeah. I can help maintain a positive attitude as a leader, but I can't train you on having a good attitude. That's what you bring to the table. That's your contribution. Absolutely. And every employer is going to recognize people. And if they don't, that's an opportunity for you to look somewhere else. Sure. And we always encourage you to keep the networking active, whether you're working, whether you're not. Just always keep your head on a swivel, always looking for a, something better. Yeah, and, and, and even with that, I, I know there are some HR people that don't really appreciate that when they're interviewing, and, and if they see you jumping around, they'll, they'll ask questions, and, and, and rightly so. Looking around at other opportunities isn't necessarily an indication that you're constantly looking to jump ship. It may work just as well to validate that you've made the right choice. So don't stop looking around at what's happening in the industry. The other advantage of looking around is that that's also a way to help stay on the cutting edge of whatever your technological needs are. It's validating, not only for your skills, but also your compensation. There's only one way to know, and that's to shop around. Yeah, talk to other people, uh, network, is... network like crazy. Yes, absolutely. Another question. Uh, this person asks what we would do lately. He or she has been sending their CV and obtaining no feedback. Okay, we've basically given this question some airtime, but we want to bring it up again because it, I think it's really important, especially those who have had a job search for some time, not hearing back from a company is not a reflection on you and your resume. It is mostly a reflection on how they work their open positions. And so many times now, uh, even small companies are starting to use the automated system because they're getting too many applicants and it takes too much of their individual time. So they're using systems, applicant tracking systems to help them manage, um, that manage process. the yeah. process. Yeah. And so it may be that they have certain keywords that you didn't use in your resume or CV and, and you just didn't come up on the list. That is not a reflection of you. Now, with that said, the advice that we always give is when you make an application, send them a copy of your CV or resume using their keywords because that's going to help you show up in the applicant tracking system. Don't be too afraid that you don't have 100% of their the qualifications. And and we talked about this. Yeah. You you gave the, the yeah, study. It, yeah, it was about 50%. So and it's actually less for women which I found interesting that they were tracking that statistic, wow. that it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 40%. So in other words, those who, who have 40 to 50% of the qualifications are just as likely to get an interview as somebody who has 80 to 90%. Correct. Yeah. Always remember that the job description you see in a job posting is a wish list. Obviously, the more qualified you are, the more confident you can be, but don't rest on that to be your in. Remember that it's 
probably going to be the networking that gets your name in front of the hiring manager or recruiter and then they reach out to give the interview. Now, if you're lucky to be in that top five group, great. Don't beat yourself up because you didn't hear back. Do continue to try and network within the company if you're truly interested in working there. And this typically is a question that we get when people are only doing the applications. The only feedback they get is nothing. And that is feedback, by the way, that that method just didn't work. It isn't very effective. Right. The challenge is this is what the company advocates. This is what the company is saying. Don't contact us. Put your stuff online. And so as a good applicant, I want to follow the rules, put my stuff online, and then they're going to contact me. I mean, it's almost like, you know, I really love Amazon and what they um, have put together in terms of, hey, I can get something in an hour or I can watch something on demand or I can get an audio. It's like this service is excellent. I can put something in my shopping carts delivered two days later. Okay. This is not Amazon. We're not placing an order. No, they're not putting your application or you're not putting your application in the shopping cart against that role. And checking out with your credit card. Right. And But we're conditioned that way. Yes. No, I think that's really good uh, insight. And, and that's only going to get stronger in terms of the feeling of disappointment. Because the more we get that instant gratification, the harder it's going to be to accept that we don't get instant gratification after we submit a, a resume or even complete a phone screen. That phone screen is really not designed to find the best candidate directly. What it's doing is weeding out those who are not the best candidates. So by a process of elimination, they find Mm -hmm. the best candidates. And I know I can hear the voice of one of my recruiter friends that would be telling me that's not really fair. Well, functionally, that's the way it works. The truth. It's the truth. Well, I understand that that's not their intention as they go through it. That is the function of the process. Yes. So for applicants, don't take it personally. Find new ways to get on the inside of that uh, employer conversation. You know, and then a lot of people will say, well, how do I do that? You know, when all they're asking me for, they're putting up a brick wall and all these things. You know, how do I get on the inside? It seems so difficult. Sure. That's why we came up with a free resource. (laughs) Indeed we did. It's called the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. Right. This will help you get around flanking strategy, so to speak, on the ATS application process. You just, you need to understand that it's going to take time. We, we will always recommend that you do your homework in finding out what the companies are that really float your boat. In other words, which ones do I want to associate my name to? And when you know what company you want to work for, then it provides you a focus in that networking so that you are not only talking to people, trying to talk to people within the company, but talk to people that talk to those in that company. Find out what they're like to work with or to work for if you're you're talking to their vendors. Mm-hmm. If you're talking to people that they consult with, what is it like to be their customer? So that you're getting a bigger picture. And then when you have that conversation with somebody on the inside, you're already speaking their language. Whether or not they recognize it, you will resonate in their head. Mm-hmm. But that takes time and effort. Not to mention 
that you actually feel better at the end of that conversation. You sure do. When I'm sending in a, a resume application through an applicant tracking system, I'm not having a relationship. Right. I'm, I'm doing data entry. Right. Which I guess is a skill. You could put that on your resume now that you have data entry skills. Maybe right. even your LinkedIn profile. Well, and if you go with some companies, I, I, I almost named one that I think that they would take uh, issue with if I were to criticize them on the air. But um, there's one in particular, the, the largest applicant tracking system out there, and both HR and applicants complain about them because they're not user-friendly, and it, it, it can be really frustrating to work with them. But you will feel better after a networking conversation than you will after sending out a, an application online. And I will. I want to say, if you're like me, where at least I've done something and now I feel better, mm -hmm. if that's your approach to your job search, that's okay. But remember that what you put in it is what you get out of it. And you're gonna get what the market gives you. Right. Not And so you're pursuing something by a way that may not be what you want. And so you just, Maybe nobody else wanted it and you ended up with it. And, and it turns out that's not the right job for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No. I, that... And so the second part of the question here was, you know, and, and some of this is true, is we start to lose our confidence and we start to think something's wrong with us or we start to seek answers sure. that are not rational. Like, because oh, we have nothing else to go right, on because so we make up our own stories. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, do they keep a database on me and are they... You know, did they talk at, to somebody who didn't like me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did they do research on me and find out I'm, uh, you know, a, a closet Republican or something? I don't, I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> no, you, but your your point is well taken. When you don't hear back, and that's the only thing you're doing, then the chances are pretty good you're going to be making up stories. And usually, many of us go to that area of, oh, I must not be good enough. Well, if all you're doing is an online application, it probably has nothing to do with you. Now, this individual also asked the question, how important is a cover letter? Again, that's company specific. We have no way of knowing, and I have worked for different companies who treat cover letters differently. In one company, we were told to read all cover letters. In another company, it, it was optional and rarely were they ever opened up. They always looked at the resume first. And I, I tell people, assume that they're going to look at your resume to see if you have the qualifications before they're going to bother to read a cover letter. But with that said, if the company gives you an opportunity to write a cover letter, use it. The only time you don't want to use a cover letter is if they don't give you the opportunity yeah, to send exactly. one. exactly. Right? So don't force it, right? right? Don't don't force a cover letter on the front end of your resume. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it's yeah. irritating and, it and it'll mess up the applicant tracking system, but we're not relying on that anyways. Right. So uh, my suggestion would be is that it's better to have one than to not, right. primarily because it's, it's much like a, a handwritten thank you note after an interview. I'm not writing it for the people who don't appreciate it. I'm writing it for the for ones the people who do. do. There are a number of coaches that I've talked to over the years that uh, a few of them have given me some advice that I really like. And it seems to, to work well if they read the cover letter. And the first one is to start with a question about, can you imagine this? And then you go on to describe something, a, a gap for example, mm -hmm. that they may be experiencing that you can fulfill. 
by asking them if they can imagine this, what, they're, what you're doing is asking them to picture you in that position. It is really effective. Then go on with a very brief idea of what you can bring to them. If they talk to you, they'll get more detail, right? So it's just like an advertisement of sorts. Give them the teaser. Picture this situation. I can help you with that. Here's my resume, which is a snapshot of my, my history, but let's talk about my future with you or your future with me, however you want to yeah. position that. That's going to be, if they're, if they're going to read it at all, yeah. here's something that makes them think, oh, maybe I should talk to this guy if you match what they're looking for. I'm of the philosophy, Scott, that I am my best cover letter. If there's, any, if there's any chance that I could be my own cover letter, yeah. whether through networking or a referral or some way that I can get in front of the right person yep. to present my application, I'm going to do that. Right. And a three-dimensional me is much better than a two-dimensional right. me. Because when you think about the amount of, of information communicated in a, in a letter, that's 3% of what you have to offer. 3%. Half of what you, more than half of what we communicate is in our body language. The rest of it is in tone of voice. You can attempt to create a tone of voice in written word. You can't control how they hear it. You can only control what you put out there, right? If you can get in front of somebody, that's going to be your best cover letter. Now, what if you're the type that you're not as assertive and you're socially awkward? Okay, totally understand that. Most people think I'm very outgoing and socially adept, and I'm not, okay? I Honesty. Am, uh, I appreciate no, that about truly. you. I am an ambivert. I go both ways when it comes to extro extroversion versus introversion, and I am not as socially adept as I would like to be. I can't let that stop me because I've got to make progress in my life, and that's the advice I would give other people like me, especially introverts mm. and those who have trouble asserting themselves. The more you get into networking, the easier it becomes, but you have to push yourself for a while. I always appreciate that networking is hard. It's hard for me, even though I come from sales. I still right. appreciate the opportunity to sit down with a book or just have quiet alone time. Yeah. I appreciate all those things too. What I found is if I'm out networking for something I believe in or that I'm excited about or a company I'd love to work for, the networking is a whole lot easier Yep. because I, I, have, I have passion and authenticity behind me. Exactly. And, and, and it I, reads through. It reads through when you have a conversation with somebody and then you're willing to do the things that you really don't want to do because you know you have to do them. The thing is... Everybody else feels exactly the same way. Right. right. And, and the common denominator of success is doing what other people are unwilling to do. Right. There's another thing. Your, your comment on authenticity that, that came to mind that I don't think we talked about in networking conversation. That is, if you're focused on getting a job with a certain company... And you're telling that company when you're networking and you talk to people within the company of all the reasons why you want to work for them, make sure that you're saying the same thing to everybody else that you're talking to, that you really want to work for this company. 
especially if you're talking to somebody who is well connected within the industry or the, the community, and they think that you're only telling them that, and it's not authentic, you'll shoot yourself in the foot really fast. But if you really, like, like our friend Rich, you really want to work for this company, he, you've done your research, you've done your informational interviews, and this is the company you want to work for, make sure that you're telling everyone that. Because eventually, those people will tell other people who will tell other people that Rich is the one who wants to work there. Trust me, that makes a difference. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. There's a link down in the show notes on the mobile device for you to get the full transcript and all the free resources that we mentioned in this session. Just go to jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero five eight. And that's where you'll find the uh, Anatomy of a Networking Conversation ebook that we put together for you. Yep, just plop your email in there and we'll send it off to you. Now, your investment of time and attention is greatly appreciated. If you could just take a couple of seconds on your phone to go over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes, if you'd provide us a rate and review. We uh, want to hear from you. We appreciate the feedback. We want to make this a better and better product for you, the listener. And we also want to thank those who continually... Uh, listen to us, you've subscribed, and you've provided us feedback. We do care. We listen. We want to make sure that your voices are heard, whether it's in a Q&A or any other podcast. We want to make sure that you hear your own questions coming up. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time, don't forget, the common denominator of success is doing things that other people are unwilling to do. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.